like to acknowledge this morning how thankful we are for our office staff who put together our order of worship for us each week um, and give us something to follow along as we are going through. Um, this particular week we have a discrepancy, <laughs> a little bit of an inaccuracy that Jen Fairchild brought to my attention and I'm so thankful. Um, we are reading from 1 Peter this morning, but not from chapter 4, we're reading from chapter 5. Jim, I want to make sure that's true. Okay, so the passage that's printed in the, in the bulletin this particular week is not accurate, so we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, verses 6 through 11. And I'll read that for us. <clears throat> Thank you, Jen. Aren't we glad we have pharmacists who are very precise and can point out to us when things are a little off? So. Okay, the passage says this to us. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Sorry that the scripture passage is incorrect on there, but you can follow the outline in there, which is accurate, or you can just follow it. Uh, up on the screen. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk about our burden of anxiety, first of all, because we all face that, endure it, might be going through it now or have been through it in the past. Alex Williams, in an article that's uh, titled Prozac Nation is Now the United States of Xanax, it's a good title, he says, as depression was to the 1990s, so it seems we have entered a new age of anxiety. The Americans of 2019 can make a pretty strong case that they are gold medalists in the anxiety Olympics. National Institute of Mental Health says that 38% of girls 13 to 17 and 26% of boys of the same age range have an anxiety disorder. Dr. Robert Leahy says the average American teenager today exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient did in the 1950s. And the 1950s was the first age of anxiety, they said. So that gives you some feel about where we are on the anxiety meter. On college campuses, anxiety is running well ahead of depression as the most common mental health concern. There's an increase of anxiety among parents. In a Ringer article, the Ringer, there was an article called Mommy, Daddy, and Their Precious Little Bundle of Data. And it talks about how information collection and obsessive apps and technological advances are making parents more paranoid than ever and angst-laden as well. And among all ages, 57 million Americans are suffering from anxiety disorder. There's um, something you can read called Google Trends, 
And it says the number of web searches involving the term anxiety nearly doubled over the last five years. Am I raising your own anxiety level now? I hope not. Harvard Business Review a few years ago said anywhere between 60 to 90% of medical visits are stress-related. We've all dealt with anxiety at different times at some level, and to be clear, where you are on the anxiety spectrum can vary. It can be just the stress of your commute to work because you're having to take detours, or it could be that you're in a constant state of a fight or flight, or, or you've gone through some severe uh, trauma or gone through some terrible abuse. For some, it's a bio biochemical issue. You have the amygdala, which is the almond-shaped neuron bundle that's in the uh, uh, temporal lobe of the brain, and it's like an early warning system. It's like a, a fire alarm, but it's not functioning as it should, and because of that, you're, it's, it's going off when it doesn't need to, but it causes anxiety, and one in five persons are struggling with that, and this is where professional help and medication can be helped, helpful. It's much like a person who's a diabetic, that there are some physical issues that need attention, but let me be clear, this is this is sometimes more of a physical issue, a biochemical issue. Sometimes, though, it is very much a spiritual issue. I really appreciate the Christian writer Becky Thompson who said this, sometimes we're praying for restored hearts when what we really need is restored serotonin levels. And she's right. Even so, we all need to explore how to deal with anxiety from a biblical and spiritual perspective. So let's do that. Let's begin with our text, which is from 1 Peter 5. And talk about the burden of Peter's friends. From the beginning, you see he is dealing with people, writing to people who are going uh, through acute persecution and therefore acute anxiety as well. If you look at 1 Peter 1.1, the very first verse in the entire letter, he says, I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners. That's in the, the NLT. Other translations say who are living as exiles, who are living as uh, aliens. Uh, some are saying uh, those who are scattered in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, etc. You have people who are going through persecution and therefore anxiety, and they really are refugees. Uh, many of them have had their uh, possessions taken because of their faith. Many of them have been pushed out of their homes because of their faith. Many of them have had to go to other countries because of their faith, lost jobs because of their faith in Christ. And this is the audience that are, is receiving Paul, Peter's letter. And no doubt, it's a traumatic experience that they are they're undergoing. In fact, much more traumatic than probably anything you and I will go through. But it's still appropriate to cover these verses that have to do with stress and anxiety. And I'm going to do it actually, and you don't need to worry about it so much in your, in your bulletin, but I'm doing it kind of in reverse order because uh, the, the best stuff is the first and the last verses, but sandwiched in there is some other important stuff. So let's talk about these helpful steps. First of all, one thing you can do to help battle anxiety is to join the church. Now that might sound kind of silly, but look at verse 9b. It says, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. What Peter is saying is, I know you're being persecuted. I know this is traumatic. And I know you have personal stress, but there are people all over the world, believers, who are struggling with this as well. Really what he's saying is you're not alone. You're not alone. And we need to remember that there are good Christian brothers and sisters even here at Brookwood or somewhere close by who are battling anxiety 
as well. And church really is where overcoming anxiety really begins. It should be an oasis, a safe place, a haven, where you really can let your guard down about about anxiety. But you know, it's interesting, and we'll see in a minute, that, that Peter begins this whole passage by saying, humble yourself. Sometimes uh, dealing with anxiety and sharing it with someone, it's a pride issue. It's a control issue. You don't want to let your guard down. I think I'm convinced that's why Peter says, humble yourself. Be able to share. This, this should be where you can let your hair down better than any other place. Even Waffle House. We talked about Waffle House last week, but this should be even better than that. Church is the best place to go. If you look at Philippians 4 9, as Paul wrote, uh, he has that wonderful passage about don't be anxious about anything and uh, give thanks for everything as you petition to God. Don't worry about things and fix your mind on things that are great and pure and all this. But look at the very last verse there in that section. He, you know, how, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do those things that will give me that surpassing peace? And he says this, keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. What it's saying is, see me as a mentor, one who's been through the fire, which was sung about earlier. Find some good mentors who have been challenged, who have been through the storms of life, and follow their lead. In fact, seek them out as people you can go to and say, tell me how you made it through. And folks, this is where the seniors in our church are just amazing. I mean, I can just look around right now and see people who would be amazing mentors for you if you happen to be younger and you're dealing with some kind of stress, sometimes some kind of acute anxiety. We have people here who can just say, you're going to make it, you're going to be okay, let me tell you what I went through. We have plenty of people who can help with that. Seek out those people, seasoned people who have been through that. Now sometimes it's harder for parents to do that than it is for kids. In fact, Stacy Gilbert, Stacy here? Yeah. Stacy was on a podcast recently, I don't know if you know that, a Rooted Ministries podcast, and she's a pediatrician and she talked about anxiety. And one thing that she says on that wonderful podcast is that children are more willing to talk about anxiety than parents. Why? Well, for parents it's more of a self-consciousness issue, it's, it's an image consciousness issue, and we're more hesitant to do that, but keep that in mind when our younger people who are having this anxiety let them seek you out, or maybe encourage them to find an older mentor who's been through anxiety themselves. And I have found a great shift even among college students, at least at Sanford. I used to always tell students, I'm more worried about those of you who don't go seek a counselor because of the, the, just the acute anxiety so many of you have. I asked a class the other day, my biblical foundations class, how, how are y'all with going and seeking counselors now? Because y'all used to be so image conscious about it. And they were like, oh no, we all go now. In fact, one of them said, yeah, we kind of argue about who has the best counselor now. And I was like, oh good, good, that's great. And, and they do that. But older people are sometimes, you know, younger adults, it's harder sometimes to seek out somebody. Now it's in to have a counselor, which is great. But join the church where you should be able to, to deal with that and find some people who have been through the fire themselves. Also, jerk the leash. Join the church, but jerk the leash. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look at verses 8 and 9a. He goes on to say, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. You know, Satan is like an enemy that prowls around like a lion, but all he can do is roar. 
keep that in mind. In a sense, he's really been defanged. I really like the way Ann Voskamp, that wonderful writer, she says this, there is a roaring lion, but don't forget that Jesus put the lion on a leash. And she's right. Jesus put the lion on a leash. And so he can roar and be scary, but he cannot ultimately defeat us. You know, and if you have anxiety, it's kind of a chance for you to, to jerk his leash a little bit and follow Jesus' lead. Don't you remember, and we've talked about this a lot before, what was the primary temptation of Jesus when he was tempted those three times by Satan? It was to give up the pain that he was going to experience on the cross. I would think, no doubt, nothing caused Jesus more stress and anxiety, if he had anxiety, than knowing that soon he was going to be crucified. And what Satan was doing was giving him a way out. But Jesus knew that, and he, was, he knew he was vulnerable to that, and he overcame that fear and that anxiety. And he overcame Satan and, yes, jerked his leash. And by the way, what did he do? He quoted Scripture at the end of those temptations, right? And I think that's one thing we can do. We can arm ourselves and strengthen ourselves with passages of Scripture, master them, memorize them, and when we're going through times of stress, voice them. And there's so many good ones in Scripture, and I know some of us you know, can use the more familiar ones like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or, or John uh, 16.33, you know, uh, uh, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good courage, I have overcome the world. But there's lesser known ones that are so good too. Look at Isaiah 41.10, don't be afraid for I am with you, don't be discouraged for I am your God, I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I have some friends who are more charismatic, and they have that memorized, and when they get to the, I will hold you up with my victorious right hand, they raise their hand, which is cool, and it's just a beautiful image of God holding us up at those times when we have a lot of stress and anxiety. Psalm 94, verses 18 and 19. Or excuse me, Isaiah first, my bad. Uh, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Many believe that that's what Paul was thinking about when he said, think on these things as you are going through times of stress. And finally, I think the last one is Psalm 94. There we go. I cried out, I am slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Master passages like these, and then enjoy, when you come to a time of stress, enjoy jerking his leash, and then transfer the weight, transfer the weight. Verse 7, let's look at that. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. I learned it as cast all your cares upon the Lord. And I remember thinking, oh, it must be really easy, because when you cast, and I did, I thought about Peter, because he, he was a fisherman, right? And he would cast. I thought, oh, maybe it's just cast it and you'll just be magically released of it and everything, just cast it. But then I thought, no, wait, if you're fishing, you do have to bring it back, right? So it does come back at times. Yes, it does. But if you look at the word there, forgive or cast, it's used one other time in the New Testament, and the best translation is transfer. And I thought, that's good. You transfer that weight to him. It's like talking about transferring the weight of this uh, anxiety. Do any of y'all know who LaVon Helm is? There was an old group called The Band, and they had a song called The Weight. Anybody know that song? And the refrain is what? Take a load off Annie, take a load off for free, take a load off Annie, and you can what? Put the load right on me. Great. And that's really what we're doing when we're just giving that over to, to Jesus, you know, come unto me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
And it's important to know that these things will come along. Now, I'm going to go to 1 Peter 4 for just a minute because I appreciate what he says in the chapter before. He says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, and you're also jerking uh, the devil's leash, so that you can have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the world. You know, know that these things can come and be prepared. Uh, and it's great when you, you know bad things can happen and are going to cause you stress. Let's just all acknowledge that. And then when they do come along, we can get through them together and celebrate them together. I was flying back from Las Vegas when I took my son Nick out there for grad school. And I was on the plane uh, heading from Vegas, first of all, to Houston. And uh, the pilot came on at some point, and you probably had this happen. He said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're uh, going to, to uh, get to a certain elevation, and we're gonna, it's going to get a little choppy. We're going to have a little turbulence, and we'll just keep climbing until we get out of that, and we'll be fine. Thank you. Okay, so we'll be, and you know, we started having a little chop to it and everything, and I'm, <laughs> this has never happened to me, but I, suddenly one of the flight attendants got on, got on the, the intercom, whatever, and said, hey, everybody, wanted to let you know that Joey Dennis back in uh, seat R33 just took a knee and, and proposed to Jenny McClure, and she said yes. And for, for one, we're, we're in turbulence in a plane, you know, and she said, let's hear it. And we were all like, yay. You know, it was, very, it was very hesitant applause. First of all, you're thinking, what are you doing this on a plane for? You know, they, well, they're leaving Vegas. You know, you just don't know. But, but you know, we were, we were there and we were like, yay. But I mean, five minutes after, excuse me, five seconds rather, after we were, yay. We had the worst uh, turbulence dip I've ever been a part of. It was like down up and to the side and back. And I mean, it was like three seconds of, whoa. And, and you know, everybody was like, yay. Ah! And everybody is screaming. I mean, people screaming, whoa, groaning. And oh, no, this is, you know. And it's, it's just turbulence. And we were okay. But much worse than the turbulence was the terribly awkward silence for a full 60 seconds, at least. Because people were like, you know, first of all, you're kind of overcoming that. And then, and, but then you're like, God bless those pe- that guy who just, you know, proposed, you know. And I wondered, was he, was he you know, did he have the, the belt on or did he hit the ceiling? I don't know. But, but we were all worried, and it was just so awkward because we were all thinking, oh, bless their hearts, this just really didn't go well. Sixty seconds of just terrible awkwardness. And suddenly you heard from the back somebody who no doubt was from down our way. After all, you know, suddenly through the silence you heard, Y'all have fun. <laughs> I just thought that was great. It just broke the awkwardness, and we all laughed about it. Then we all started talking about it, and people went back to them and said, you know, now be ready for that kind of stuff. It'll happen in your marriage and all that. And it kind of brought us all together. But we can transfer it by praying with thanksgiving as well, as, as Paul says for us to do. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It's interesting. Do you know the most marked the most highlighted passage in all of scripture i would have thought maybe it was john three sixteen, or maybe the 23rd psalm it's this don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need and thank him for all he's done then you will experience god's peace which is which exceeds all understanding his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in christ jesus we can do the same 
We have reason to give thanks. Give thanks before you pray about things that cause you anxiety. Even if it feels awkward or a little bit contrived or artificial, that's okay. The Spirit hears your heart and will take those prayers to the Father. You know, in Romans 8 where it talks about we have the groanings of the soul when we're going through difficult times, uh, the, the Spirit takes those groans that are sometimes we can't even voice them give expression to them, but, but the Spirit knows our hearts. I think we can do the same when we're giving thanks at first before we pray about those things that stress us. No doubt Peter went through a lot of times of anxiety, but also had reasons to give thanks. Uh, you know, Jesus helped him to walk on the water, and he started to fall, but he came back. He, he healed his mother-in-law. Uh, he paid the temple tax for Peter. He did all kinds of stuff. Later on, he freed Peter from prison. So no doubt he prayed with thanksgiving, even during times when he had anxiety. And when we pray that, we can anticipate a glory from God for us, which sounds weird. In fact, put up the next quote, because this is just the best way I can put it. When you transfer the weight of anxiety to God, you are receiving the weight of glory. Ultimately, we will remove all the weight of anxiety and receive the liberating weight of glory, both God's glory and our own. And I still haven't gotten my head all around this, but the two passages at the very end, uh, verses 6 and then 10 and 11, put that up, where we share the glory. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. He's going to honor you. And then it says what? In his kindness, God called you to share and his eternal glory. And, and what, what it's saying there is not just heaven. Some way you and I are going to be honored because we made it through the trials and tribulations of this world. In some way, we're going to receive glory. Now, I know our primary purpose in life is to glorify God, but we're going to receive some kind of glory as well. And we can't really uh, know exactly what it is on this side of reality, but he's going to exalt us and honor us. And because of our perseverance, of our faith, and I think that's a goal worth fighting for. And the suffering is for God's glory. Let's go to the next one, First uh, Peter 6 and 7. This is where he talks about, you know, you're going to have to go through these many trials and everything, but it says, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Somehow it's going to bring glory to us? Is that just... Peter talking and nobody else? No, look at uh, what uh, Paul, and, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. A glory for us. Look at what uh, James says. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Sometimes we have to be patient with that, though. And let me just close with this. Uh, I'm so excited that I think it's this evening that Pedro Camargo is getting back. Is that right? Oh, there you are, Camargos, yes. Yeah, woo-woo! And, uh, uh, well, that's just so cool. I know there are going to be some people going to uh, be there with you guys when he gets off the plane and everything. But, uh, Sammy D, I hope you don't mind me talking about Sam stand up for just a second okay there you go there's Sammy okay sit down Sammy oh okay yeah yeah Sammy D uh this last Tuesday uh Keith walked into my office and said man coolest thing he said uh Sunday night when we had awe which is our uh, arts and worship 
experience that Judy does for uh, the children, uh, he said, man, you should have just heard Sammy D pray. And he said, you know, it was so cool because he did this prayer and he prayed. He said, I pray for those who have unspoken prayers that, that haven't been prayed right now for these people in this room. And I pray that they will be patient and know that in due time, God will answer those prayers just like he answered my prayer about my dad, which I thought was just utterly cool. So thank you for letting me talk about you. But uh, what an act of faith by a young man, and I hope we can have the same. Uh, keep in mind that with all anxiety that we deal with, it doesn't compare to what comes at the end. Let's go to the very last one, Belinda, uh, Romans eight eighteen. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we, he will reveal to us later. Uh, we have reason to give thanks. We have reason to be patient, because in due time, God will answer the way he needs to. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you are with us when we go through the fire, when we are fumbling through some storm, uh, wandering down some path that's causing us great fear. Help us to be able to remember to transfer that weight, not just to you, but to each other, and be church for one another. And thank you that we can Enjoy winning those battles over the evil one as we embark toward a new place where we find that surpassing peace. Be with us now, and may we receive that peace for ourselves before we leave this place. We pray these things in your name. Amen.